taking the gloves off. He's talking in depth about pro wrestling, sports, pop culture, trending topics on social media, politics, and his crazy life. He's uncensored. He's unapologetic. He's media personality Brad Shepard. And he's unleashed. I'm ready to play now. Put me in the game now. I came here to prove it. I'm ready to do it. I can't be afraid now. Put me on the stage now. I'm ready to rage now. I feel like an animal stuck in a cage and I'm ready to break out. My time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop. This time, like the last time. You better get ready to race in the top. I'm ready to do this. Show you what the truth is. I step on the field. It's time to get real. I'm feeling so ruthless. My time, my time. None of you people can tell me to stop. Lower the lights down. Hand over my crown. Hand over my heart. I do this for my town. I do this for my crowd. So turn me up real loud. My time. Welcome to Brad Shepard Unleashed, wherever in the world you may be listening. And I love saying that each week because of how true it is. It's not just an intro line. The Unleashed Army in 48 different countries and every continent in the world listens to this show each and every week. And that number continues to grow. We all have something in common, something that unites us. And that's me. Maybe the answer to world peace is Brad Shepard unleashed. But I do find the data points for the show fascinating. I always have. For example, only 40% of my audience currently listens on iTunes. 9% listen on a web browser. A portion of my audience listens on Patreon, where the past few weeks they've received early access to the show. And that doesn't count as a download on a traditional podcast platform. But no matter how you listen, or how many times I've been canceled this year by fraudulent free speech warriors on short notice without a final episode to inform my audience where to listen, you continue to find me, stand by me, and support me. My brand is only growing stronger, and now I have nobody to hold me back, control me, or cancel me. All right, I've got a great show for you this week. You're really going to enjoy it. Let's dive right in. It's time to take the gloves off. I'm going to start off this week with Andrew Zarian. Last Thursday, Andrew tweeted that the PG era in WWE is over. He said that Raw will have a TV-14 rating as of the July 18th edition of Raw on the USA Network. His tweet was picked up by every wrestling dirt sheet imaginable, with not a single one of them verifying his report first before publishing. That became the talk of the IWC with everyone talking about it. Even some of the marks in the ring, the wrestlers themselves, commented on it. All because of a tweet from a strip club employee who hosts a wrestling podcast. Hours later, Andrew reported that the internal memo sent out by the USA Network was premature and the date was not finalized. Hmm. He described it as a wild situation with a lot of happening behind the scenes. Right. Then Andrew did what he always does when he's wrong. Tweet, delete, repeat. 
He deleted his original tweet just as he did when he reported Psycho Sid would be inducted into the WWE Hall of Fame this year during WrestleMania weekend. I actually told him Sid was not on the list to be inducted. He deleted that one real quick, and here's the funny thing. He only deleted it because Brad motherfucking Shepard told him what the real news was. He knew that if Brad Shepard said it wasn't happening, it wasn't happening. Now, he won't give me credit for anything I report, but he proved he knows that I know better than anyone. And that has to be a hard pill for some people to swallow. But he couldn't let the story go. So when a fan shared a photo days later noting WWE SummerSlam was advertised as rated TV 14, he took to Twitter to say he felt somewhat vindicated, as if SummerSlam on Peacock being TV 14 potentially meant Raw was going to be TV 14 every week. He specifically said it would happen and happen on July 18th, and he was wrong. And he should accept that. Here's a little inside baseball for Andrew about the TV industry, which he clearly isn't aware of. There's an entire behind-the-scenes process to changing your TV rating. You have this thing called sponsors. You have contracts and business deals. You don't just say, oh, it's going to be TV 14 in a couple of days. (laughs) there is an internal process that plays out. And if you don't understand the TV industry, you would never know that. Well, this week was a menage a twat of wrestling flame wars with Sean Ross Sapp, Billy Body, and a little disco inferno on the side. It all started on Keeping It 100 when they were discussing a news report And Disco said he didn't know if that report was true because it came from Sean Ross Sapp. Conan asked if that was the guy who got the MJF story wrong. And Disco said, yeah. And then he got mad at me over it. Now, like them or not, uh, nothing about what Disco and Conan said in that instance was inaccurate. Sapp was made aware of the conversation and responded on Twitter saying he was not wrong about MJF, which, of course, he was. He said he didn't get mad at Disco, but admitted he did call him a little bitch in a direct message on Twitter because he capes for racist, homophobe, Billy Body. Sap ended the tweet by reaffirming that Disco is, in fact, a little bitch. Sounds kind of mad to me. But then he fired off a series of tweets saying, Just because he called Disco a little bitch doesn't mean he's mad. (laughs) Then he called out Disco for pretending to care about journalistic integrity when he has Billy Body on his shows. He wanted to elaborate that he told Disco he's caught Billy stealing and lying. Disco said zero fucks given, and Sap called that little bitch behavior. He said he looked forward to the day Disco stood on his own two feet again in wrestling and accused him of constantly name-dropping him for content. He said anytime Disco talks about how media should behave, we should know he's been made aware that he has a repeatedly suspended, racist, homophobic, transphobic, mentally ill guy that steals and lies. And he said he didn't care. 
and fairness, Billy did say in a recent episode of The Wrestling Informer on YouTube that he gets worked up and he should probably take something for that. But he'd rather be the way he is. So Billy responded to Sap with a screenshot of the story from his Patreon on details of Ric Flair's last match, saying, But Sean, I'm beating you like 143 to 0 this year alone at your own job, and I do this wrestling shit for a hobby. Sap then quoted Billy's tweet and said, Hey, Twitter support, y'all suspended K100 Informer in about a hundred of his accounts before this, so here's another one. This is what you need to get through your simple fucking craniums. All these weirdos and lunatics within the dirt cheat gang, all of their cult followers, they hate me with a passion. But do you notice they keep begging for money? They're having mental breakdowns. They're begging for GoFundMe money and threatening to off themselves. Meanwhile, everyone I associate with is gainfully employed, has a family, loves their life, aren't begging for money like fucking bums. So get your mop bucket, motherfuckers. It's cleanup time. This fat son of a bitch is challenging all of us. Has been world champions before, been in this business 15, 20 years. And this fat son of a bitch is gonna challenge us all out. He's gonna calm down, calm down. He's fat. He's fat. He's fat. I'll make him bleed. He's fat. He's fat. He's fat. I'll make him bleed. All right, it's time for one of my favorite new segments, the fat ass of the week. This week's winner is a fat back-to-back winner. He returned to TV this week fully dressed and talking to a pro wrestler who can actually fight. He even looks like he lost a few pounds. And I know a thing or two about that. I lost 330 pounds of dead weight a few weeks ago. But Kevin Owens, you're still a fat, lazy piece of shit. And that's why you are my fat ass of the week. Let's talk about the degenerate, scum-sucking motherfucker known as Effie, who once attacked me and threatened me over one of his big gay brunch shows. And sure, I heard a thing or two about this guy during the Me Too movement. And I don't know if it's true or not, but when you see him shove Marco Stunt's mouth into a dildo that's half his size during a wrestling match, you start to get a little suspicious that this motherfucker is a creep in disguise, just like Joey Ryan. And then you see him put his tiny little pecker into a woman's face that he was wrestling and gyrating his hips. What fucking wrestling move is that? Please do let me know. What audience is that appealing to? My opinion? I wouldn't trust this fucking guy within 5,000 feet of a school zone. And I certainly wouldn't suggest he work at Disney. Which, by the way, you can't do when the woke mob tracks you down. Who remembers Austin Aries putting his package right into Christy Hemi's face on Impact Wrestling? Do you remember the backlash he received for that? 
He was damn near crucified. How dare he do that to a woman, they said. But when Effie does it, the IWC loves it. Oh, tee-hee-hee-hee. The only difference I can see is that Effie's gay. Ha! Gay! Straight men, we're sorry, but the rules are different for you. If you identify as part of the Alphabet Mafia and pro wrestling, you can not only do it, but it'll be applauded. It's okay, he's not trying to hit that. He's just having a little fun with his cock and balls in a woman's face during a wrestling match. Just sit back and enjoy the show, you bigoted homophobe. It's time to talk about the Nature Boy, Ric Flair's last match. I'm considering starting a betting pool on Ric Flair's last match. Will he die in the ring? Don't act like you're offended by that, by the way. We all know you participated in celebrity death pools. Now, look, Rick is no doubt a legend in this business, but he's resembling more of the wrestler now than a wrestler, and it's sad. If you've ever seen a one-trick pony, then you've seen me. But I have to admit, I'm morbidly curious about this show. There should be some good matches for wrestling fans. Of course, this is not going to attract casual viewers. Let's talk about the card. Let's run down Ric Flair's last match of the show. We've got Kerry and Ricky Morton. They'll have uh, Robert Gibson in their corner taking on Brian Pillman Jr. and Brock Anderson with Arn Anderson. So you've got some nostalgia there. You've got the Rock and Roll Express, but you've also got Carrie, who's Ricky's son, who's wrestling in NWA. You got Brian Pillman Jr. You got Brock Anderson. Now, Brock sucks. Brock Anderson, he's he's the, the other Brock. This is the Brock that sucks at wrestling. But he's Arn Anderson's son. You got Brian Pillman, Brian Pillman's son. So there's a little bit of a nostalgia there. You got the Wolves, Davey Richard and Eddie Edwards. They're a big tag team in uh, Impact and ROH. Versus the Motor City Machine Guns, Alex Shelley and Chris Sabin. This is going to go towards that indie hardcore audience. They're going to enjoy this. This is not a match for me. I don't care about either of these teams. Ray Phoenix and Taurus versus Laredo Kid and Bandito. I don't even know how to pronounce these fucking names, much less do I know who they are. Absolutely do not care about this match. Josh Alexander versus Jacob Fatu for the Impact World Championship. This is a match that I would find interesting. This is a match that I would want to see. I may not go out of my way to pay a lot of money to see it, but I would want to see this match. I think it could be interesting. Uh, Jacob Fatu has been a big part of MLW. And, of course, Josh Alexander has been a big part of Impact Wrestling. Rachel Ellering versus Deanna Perrazzo versus Jordan Grace. Uh, this match will be the shits. Uh, nobody cares about them. Jordan Grace is a total fucking idiot. And I have no desire to see this match. We all know she fake-cucked her opinion. Her, her little Chris Benoit joke, she had to get it out, which was fine. But then uh, the PC police came crashing down on her, and she backtracked real quick. 
can't lose the opportunities, right? You can't make the wrong people mad. So she had to pretend that she was not making a joke and she was just saying something that she should have said differently. This match is intriguing. Killer Cross versus Harry Smith, uh, Davy Boy Smith's son, who it, it baffles me never got a real opportunity in WWE. Uh, taking on Killer Cross, who I do like, who I think belongs in WWE as well. Uh, so that could be an interesting match. Clark Connors versus Ren Narita. Don't even know who the fuck these people are. The Von Erichs versus the Briscoes. Right, so the Von Erichs, Marshall and Ross of the famous Von Erich wrestling family. They're in MLW. Uh, so that's kind of a cool thing. If you're an old school wrestling fan, they're taking on the Briscoes, which is a little more new school. Um, you know, Tony Khan is afraid to sign them, but uh, they're one of the better tag teams in pro wrestling today. And then recently announced a bunkhouse battle royal, the old Dusty Rhodes idea. Uh, so you never know who will show up, what will happen. That could be a fun concept. So there's some things in the card that could be interesting. Um, obviously, you've got Ric Flair's match as well. You know, I, I don't get the whole thing with uh, Jay Lethal. And Jeff Jarrett, you know, and he's obviously going to be partnering with his son-in-law, Andrade, who he's got no story with. There's no context of, of why that would happen. You know, they're trying to put something together, but you're on the one hand, you're like, well, this is a tag team match, so it's better for Ric Flair's health. At the same time, you're like, well, this is just really kind of a thrown together match that's meaningless. Uh, and, and so, you know, they're going to make money, which is the ultimate goal, because Rick's got more wives than fucking fingers. And I, I guess it'll be fine. It's just not going to be that great, considering it's a main event. I mean, will it be his last match even? I've heard that before. We'll see. Now it's time for my WWE Raw recap. You're going to love this one. Kevin Owens is still a fat, miserable fuck. In fact, he's my fat fuck of the week. Liv Morgan is still the worst wrestler in the company. She sucks, she's vanilla ice cream, and they should erase her title reign immediately. Carmella is still hotter than every motherfucker that boos her. And Vince McMahon still has a job despite paying for a pussy. The end. Let's talk about the attention whore known as Bum-ass Buckeye. The shitbag queen herself. We know she keeps her mop bucket handy. <laughs> this bum-ass Buckeye, who's been stalking my Twitter and saving my pictures and creating videos about me, even though I haven't mentioned her, she had the audacity to let her friend <laughs> Cher Delaware start a GoFundMe for her to allegedly pay for her medical expenses. What? You bum-ass, shitbag-wearing, simple bastard. You have the nerve to talk shit about me? Then your bum-ass is out here begging for money? Your bum-ass is such a disaster, you can't even do what normal, down-on-their-luck people do and start an OnlyFans to make money. You tried that and failed. No feet pics and sugar baby tricks from bum-ass Buckeye. Maybe you should have targeted the coprophilia market 
by laying your shit bag on wrestling fans' faces. People who actually work for a living are supposed to donate to your GoFundMe? Where's that money going to? How much of a cut is Mrs. Ed getting from that? Get a job, you freeloading bum. Stop obsessing over me and then get your mop bucket, motherfucker. It's cleanup time. All right, it's time for the mailbag. It's a big mailbag this week. I think you're going to enjoy it. A lot of great questions, as always, from my highly sophisticated audience. Who are the next wave of stars that can take over for the current headliners in WWE? Are they in NXT or already on the main shows? It's a great question and impossible to say. Obviously, you've got Theory on the main roster today. I would consider him one of the future pieces of WWE and the business in general. So he's on the main shows already. There is definitely talented folks in NXT. But to say that they're so good that they're coming from NXT under the main roster and they're the future of the business, I, I just haven't seen that really be the case with the NXT model. So I cannot say that I know who it is. I see some talent in NXT that look like they could certainly be impact players in the main roster. But as far as the next big thing, I'm not seeing it yet. Hi, Brad. I have a question for this week's show. Did you ever watch any AWA from the 70s or early 80s before everyone left for the WWF? And if so, What's your take on the quality of the wrestling, angles, etc.? Also, what are your thoughts on Vince McMahon as an announcer before he turned heel? Yeah, good question. So, I did see some of the AWA. Not a lot of it growing up, but more or less catching it growing up after the fact. Um, it, you know, it, probably the 80s, the 90s. But I'll tell you, the AWA was a, a good wrestling company back in the day. And it's where a lot of our faves, our all-time greats, got their start in, and really made a name for themselves before Vince stole them away. So absolutely, Hulk Hogan, big name in the AWA, right? Came to WWF and the rest is history. Bobby Heenan, if you knew what a worker Bobby Heenan was, well, you can find out in the AWA. Yeah, uh, so I, I did enjoy the wrestling and angles and uh, just the general quality. Thoughts on Vince McMahon as an announcer? I liked him. I thought he was pretty good. Not great per se, but really pretty good. And he provided an interesting voice on commentary. Oh, what a maneuver. You know, he didn't need to tell you it was a tope suicida. He simplified things. He had energy. He had a presence. Uh, and in some ways, you could say that about Pat McAfee today. So I was a fan of Vince McMahon as a commentator before he turned heel. The video footage copyright story. Okay, so this is a reference to AEW and the story that has now come out about uh, copyrighted content from AEW and how it's getting 
reported. So I had a conversation weeks ago with Buck Starsky um, at Buck Starsky 22 on Twitter, uh, where he first started telling me about the situation. And basically, uh, Buck is alleging that Tony is astroturfing online communities. Uh, there's obviously people online who feel that AEW is controlling the conversation on places like Reddit, for example. If you post footage of AEW and make them appear in a negative light, they will file a copyright claim, a DMCA, and they will shut you down. That's what they'll do. Uh, so it's very interesting because it really is kind of a whistleblower situation in a way. This person did apparently work during some period with AEW doing this. And if you astroturf places like Twitter and Reddit to make it appear uh, that the, the product has a high positive reception, then I think that should be responded to. I think that should be called out. Why is the wrestling media not asking Tony Khan that question? That's what I would want to know. Uh, when you talk about controlling the conversation, you talk about Tony's relationship with the wrestling media. Right? And do they all have a private means of communication, like a signal app on their phones or something, where they're communicating? But as Buck pointed out to me, he was blocked on the same day by Sean Ross Sapp, David Bixenspan, Dave Meltzer, and pretty much any positive AEW reporter. And that was after he got the email about his contract being cut. So it sounds like maybe people in the community knew more about him than he did about them. So he feels like he was silenced. It's a very interesting situation. And now there's speculation even that the person they have put in place to file these copyright claims could be Aubrey Edwards herself under an alias, a fake name. That's speculation, and we don't know. But this is certainly a fascinating situation. They are trying to control the narrative, and we've seen Tony Khan do this with the wrestling media. If you ask the wrong question, you're going to be ostracized. Everything has to be positive. Positive, positive. He wants to control the conversation. He's got the bot and paid-for media in the mainstream that the AEW marks who are writing for non-wrestling content but do interviews or write about AEW being wonderful. And then you go to their Twitter and you see the, these writers of the, of the articles are putting over AEW and liking tweets for AEW and saying anti-WWE things. And so Tony Khan has created this controlled media, and he has done it outside of wrestling as well. Um, he has apparently done this in soccer and, uh, and tried to do this in football. So it's a very interesting thing. Uh, but uh, it's a story we have to talk about. It's my understanding that Ringside News covered this story, but essentially nobody else did. They want to stay away from this. They don't dare make Tony Khan mad. What happens when you make Tony Khan mad? Just ask Bully Ray. He got kicked off the uh, old AEW interview segment uh, that Tony Khan used to do or that his talent used to do. Because he dared to ask a pretty simple, basic question about tag team wrestling. Tony Khan is not 
the old good guy, innocent guy that he portrays. He has to be held accountable, and the wrestling media has to grow some balls. More importantly, we have to follow this story. And I am going to ask Buck Starsky to do an interview with me. That's right. You heard it here first. I want to talk about this. I want to hear what he has to say, and I want you to hear it as well. Somebody has to do it, and it's going to be me. Will Vince be forced to step down, or will he ride it out? Vince is going to ride it out. I, I fully believe this from the beginning, and uh, I, I don't think they're going to have any sort of re revelation that says Vince McMahon uh, can no longer fulfill his obligations and duties as chairman and CEO. You know, I, I, he's going to ride it out, and Vince McMahon is going to continue to be in charge, in my opinion. Have you ever been kayaking? No, I don't think so. Uh, but I would definitely be open to doing that. Is Busted Open Radio the new CNN of pro wrestling? Yeah, I can see that. I could definitely see that. You know, uh, CNN and their fake corporate news. And uh, they have a narrative that they're promoting. And that's all, that's all you know, news media. Let's be honest here. It's just different sides of the argument. But CNN is especially bad. And yeah, you can you can see the comparisons. I mean, Dave LaGreca has got his lips permanently implanted on Tony Khan's ass. He knows his place. He's Tony Khan's bitch, and he doesn't dare step out of line. Does Zoe Stark look like the feral kid in Road Warrior? <laughs> yes, of course. <laughs> Could Tony Khan be behind the Vince McMahon scandal outbreak, Brad? This is a very interesting point that not a lot of people are talking about. I have mentioned it. And while, you know, maybe someone from the board leaked it or whatever the story may be, I don't, I don't necessarily think that Tony Khan broke the scandal or reported it. Maybe he did. I certainly think it's worth questioning what impact he has on the media. We know he co-ops the media. We just talked about that. So is Tony Khan working with the Wall Street Journal? Fans of his, fans of AEW, to really stick it to Vince McMahon. Well, we know he goes on uh, Busted Open Radio. We know the Wall Street Journal investigators went on Busted Open Radio. It's not unreasonable to look for a connection, to investigate, to ask questions. I don't know is the answer, but we certainly need to ask those questions. Who, in your opinion, is the best booker writer in wrestling history? There's been some good ones for sure. Uh, probably Vince Russo would be my answer. Probably. There's a lot of good ones. I, I just think with the Attitude Era, it was a really great time in wrestling, and... You know, Vince has his faults, but he understood how to write the TV element of a show about wrestling. He understood how to hook a casual audience and not focus so much on 
fake five-star matches without stories, without characters. So he got that. Now, I, I don't think his formula copy and pasted into today could work. It's a different time. There are certainly elements of it, the foundations of writing TV that still apply. But the same exact thing would not work today, no, in my opinion. But probably, I'd say, Vince Russo. And the results, as far as ratings, even profits, would, uh, would tend to lend credibility to that statement. Hey, Brad, I was wondering your opinion on Hannibal TV. He seems like a very controversial person. I'd love to hear you two guys on a show together. I don't know a lot about Hannibal TV. I mean, I obviously know that he's got a big YouTube presence. Um, he is involved in wrestling. He had that controversial angle with the referee who was cut open. And he was accused of uh, essentially creating an unsafe environment and potentially uh, unnecessarily hurting this referee. So controversial is definitely a good word. I don't know what happened there. I'm not opposed, obviously, to having a conversation with anyone, especially if they're willing to speak their mind, if they're entertaining. So I'd be open to that, for sure. I saw that Nick Khan was talking about Roman Reigns getting work in Hollywood, and considering that he was has a net worth of about $9 million, I can totally understand why he would want to step back from taking bumps in a hard ring. But what do you think are his legit chances at making it big. Roman's a jacked, handsome man, but he's quite low energy and laid back. That doesn't exactly yell box office megastar to me. Uh, Good question, right? I I think there's an interesting angle here, and that's basically that, you know, when the red light is off, if you're not high-strung, high-energy, you know, um, if you're laid back, when the red light turns on, can you transfer that onto the main screen? Or does it just really not happen because that's not who you are? I think he can do it. I mean, will he be the next rock? Uh, probably not. Okay. <laughs> probably not. But I think he could be successful in Hollywood for sure. I think it makes total sense. He could absolutely fit in in Hollywood and do well. Uh, but the top box office megastar, mm, that's debatable. He could certainly turn it up for the red light. I really do think he could turn it up on screen. He's not going to have the high-energy personality of The Rock, for example, or some others, but I still think he could do well. Brad, not to stir it up, (laughs) considering your drama with Rad Rob, But why do so many podcasters fall out with each other? I don't know if you listened to Keeping It 100, but Disco is calling Billy Body out on the air and not for the first time. Plus, Conrad and Pritchard haven't done more than four episodes in 2022 alone. Why do you think that everyone falls out? Well, it's the wrestling business. You know, in Bruce Pritchard's case, he's just extremely busy. And maybe he committed to something that he can't do. right? So I get that. And sometimes it's people who don't do this for a living, like myself, like Billy Body, Disco Inferno, you know, and just 
they have different priorities in life or they have egos, right? People have egos. Uh, people have different expectations or different feelings on certain things and beliefs. And, you know, it, it's it's a difficult thing to have a podcast with multiple people, to have chemistry, to deliver each and every week. And have an audience that's willing to listen to that. That is not an easy thing to do. Anybody can buy the podcasting equipment, but being able to do that part of it is difficult to do. And it's just human nature. That's that's just the way it works. You know, we come and go. So um, yeah, I mean, I just just generally speaking, that's that's what I think it is. And the wrestling business is full of carny, lying, dishonest fucks anyway. Let's be honest here. Hey, Brad, not that we will name names, but what do you think about these people that catch the virus more than once? Uh, I am hoping that people who catch the virus, meaning COVID-19 more than once, I'm hoping that they'll be healthy, that they'll take care of themselves. Being unhealthy physically or mentally is not good. But when you talk about comorbidities with COVID and continuing to catch it, at some point you have to say, I have to make a life change. Hey, Brad, I know that you don't like Kevin Owens, but the most rewatch match of 2022 for me has been Kevin Owens versus Stone Cold Steve Austin. Of course, because Stone Cold Steve Austin was in it. You weren't rewatching this match because of that fat sack of shit, Kevin Owens. If it was Kevin Owens versus Sin Cara, you're not rewatching that match. No wrestler is ever really retired, so I was wondering, have you heard anything about Austin maybe wrestling again? Possibly at a Saudi show. I saw a photo on his social media lately, and Austin's looking very lean, or some would say it, shirtless shape. Could we be seeing Austin back? It's possible. Anything's possible for the right amount of money. In a way, it may not be the worst thing in the world because he fucking ruined his legacy fighting Kevin Owens at WrestleMania in his now last match, and that's embarrassing. You go from The Rock at WrestleMania in the main event to Kevin Owens. Gym shorts, t-shirt, fat sack of shit. How embarrassing. He should come back at this point. Fuck it. When do you think Raw will hit under a million viewers? Good question. I think it's going to be a while. I really do. Um, obviously, as streaming continues to become a, a bigger thing, it will have an impact on the Nielsen ratings, which we know are not accurate, right? But, you know, I, I think Raw, I think SmackDown, I think all WWE TV shows have got to find themselves. They've got to realize what market they're targeting and and they've got to play to that market. Is it children? Is it adults? Is it, you know, it's on at 11 o'clock, but you're doing stuff for kids. You know, it doesn't make any sense. So target that market you're looking for uh, and, and really turn it up. They've got to get back to when wrestling was good. You know, they've got to take things from the golden era, the attitude era, they can apply today. Make things relatable, create characters and stories, and less focus on five-star fake matches. 
you know, until they start doing those sort of things, um, they're going to continue to to dip down. And we've seen that continuous dip. So they got to do some things. They got to change their TV. They got to make it a better TV show. Uh, but at the same time, there's this hardcore audience that continues to watch. I don't exactly know what that number is, but it does seem to be over a million fans. Is AEW going to split up Anna Jay and Tay Conti? I don't know. I, I, you know, I can't be bothered to watch AEW. I'll just tell you. It's just not a good TV show. It's not a good wrestling TV show. You know, Tony Khan is an awful booker. I just don't really have a desire for the most part to watch it. So I have no idea. Um, and frankly, I don't think anybody cares. Hey, Brad, I was wondering if you saw the Twitter battle between Disco Inferno and Sean Ross Sapp last night. Here's a link to a screenshot of the tweets because I'm sure he has you blocked. Say whatever you want about Disco, but the fucking guy is 100% right here. Sean Ross Sapp got caught in a lie that even AEW wrestlers like QT Marshall and the bald guy from FTR called him out on. AEW wrestlers are mostly but it's good to see when they act normal and call out the bullshit. <laughs> um, I did see that. I kind of talked about it already. And I do agree uh, what Disco said was on the money here. Not a huge Disco fan, but certainly you have to give the guy credit. When he's right, he's right. Sean Rossap was caught in a lie. Caught in a lie and still couldn't admit it. And, and that's Sean Rossap in a nutshell. So it was nice to see AEW wrestlers call him out on his bullshit. Hey, Brad, I know that you get asked about keeping it 100 a lot, but have you heard the Billy Body reports lately? For nearly a month, he hasn't reported one thing that's turned out to be true. He said that Edge versus John Cena was going to happen at SummerSlam, and now neither are even on the card. Well, John Cena, you know, he's using that excuse of the Peacemaker filming because he doesn't want the Vince McMahon heat for his brand. They wanted him for SummerSlam, absolutely. But he, uh, you can't see me. <laughs> Back to Hollywood. Yeah, I, I don't know what Billy Body's site is or where he's reporting stuff. I don't follow him on Twitter. I don't know what his Patreon is. I don't listen to Keeping It 100 which is not an attack on them. I just don't listen to a lot of wrestling podcasts. Um, yeah, but yeah, Edge versus Cena. Don't know where he uh, got that one from. But yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Billy Botchett. I mean, this guy is literally sending shirtless pictures to his wrestling and former co-host of his weight loss. That's how obsessed, that's how weirdo this guy is. He's Billy Botchit, as we call him. He needs to be on medication. Those are his words, not mine. Doc Marie's a lesbian bar in Portland. It closes in two weeks because the loony employees cry racism and transphobic. Oh, well, that's too bad. Have another fucking kids drag show, you stupid bastards. K-12 educators being charged with sex crimes so far in 2022, 181 in the USA alone. Wow. And you can go see libs of TikTok on social media and all these twisted fucking teachers 
You think I want to give them a gun in the classroom? They're going to shoot the good guys. Oh, you misgendered me? Let me pull out my nine. I don't want these teachers having guns. Hell no. Sick, twisted fucks. Biden has cancer. Uh, apparently so. He said he did himself. Him and many other people have cancer, apparently. That's what he said. President Pudding Brain. What an embarrassment this guy is. He's such an embarrassment. Everybody knows he's going to fuck stuff up. He's going to be embarrassing. He's going to say ridiculous things. He's going to say things that make no sense. And they know this, so they just ignore it. How long until AEW stops being a loss leader? Um, Never. I mean, I think it's going to be a long time, if ever. I really do believe that. They're not managing the business properly. Tony Khan is a mark. He has no idea what he's doing. And uh, yeah, he, he's not growing the audience. He's not going towards a casual audience. He's continuing to cater to a minor niche audience, which is gaining him less than a million viewers every week on Dynamite. So, you know, he's he's learned nothing. So until he learns and figures that out, They'll continue being a loss leader. All right, everyone, that's the show. Thanks for tuning in. I'll be back next week, and you won't want to miss it. Thank you for listening to this episode of Brad Shepard Unleashed. Unleashed. Stay connected to Brad 24-7 for news, announcements, and analysis by following him on Twitter at It's Brad Shepard. You've been listening to Brad Shepard Unleashed.